You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Dean Johnson. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Orphan Black after show we'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip and now another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite tv show it's after buzz tv's orphan black after show Hello and welcome, Clone Club. This is the After Buzz Orphan Black Show. I'm, I'm your host, Nando Velasquez, and joined to my side, the ever-illustrious uh, Matt Lieberman. So illustrious. Glad to be here. <laughs> and now i got to think of other words for you guys. And across from me, <laughs> the amazing Will Link. How oh, about that? Thank you, thank you. Okay. And uh, next to him, the effervescent Anna Koppel. Hello. <laughs> This is, uh, we are previewing episode four, I believe it is, right? We're up to that, governed by, as if it were by chance. But we also have a special guest, just like we did last week. Uh, we are very fortunate to have joining us via, via phone, via satellite, all the way from Dublin, uh, Mrs. S. Who, who apparently was still looking for Colton back there. No, actually, uh, Maria Doyle Kennedy is joining us. Hi, Maria, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. I'm so, so thrilled to have you on the show. Obviously, uh, first of all, uh, I'm a big fan. To be honest with you, I geeked out when I heard you were coming because I'm a huge fan from The Commitments. So I remember you from way back when, so I'm an old schooler. But uh, but actually, uh, <laughs> to have you here, to have Mrs. S, who's the key to this whole thing. Now, you can just, just tell us the whole thing. We can stop, stop watching the show. <laughs> Mrs. S has gone a bit mental, hasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. She had the knives and the forks and even the kissing. Yeah. Oh, she <laughs> we definitely got season. to see a lot of Mrs. S this episode. The S stood for sexy. Yeah. The S stands for sexy. <laughs> it does. It's not just Siobhan. <laughs> So uh tell us we we actually had uh we had a guest on last week uh Christian Brown who plays Donnie and he told us from yeah. uh season 1 that he did not uh he only was supposed to be in 3 episodes and he really didn't know he was going to end up being a monitor. So I'm really curious to see how you got on this show and and how much you knew going in. Well, you know, I, I mean, I think that's the thing. We we're we're really big fans of the show, all of us, um, as much as we are in it because we are sort of waiting to find out what happens next as well. And um, when I was asked to do it, I spoke to. Well, it was clear even in season one, she had some great lines and some great scenes. Um, but it, well, I didn't really know, you know, how much she was going to develop or where it was going to go. And I spoke to Graham about it, and he said. Um, well, you know, I think that she has she has a lot of ways to go still, and and it was clear to me that she wasn't going to be just a kind of a token, you know, the goody or the baddie. You know, she wasn't just going to be hanging out minding Kira, or she wasn't going to be all darkness either. That it's and and I think people are like that. You know, people are complex, and nobody's all good or all bad. And it's very boring when you get asked to do a part that's written like that. It's just incredibly one-dimensional and just written for morons and so i'm never interested in that and then he also told me that um he, he his kind of 
his basis for the character or the kind of genesis of Mrs. S for him had been Patty Smith. And mm. um, she's a huge, huge uh, heroine of mine. So when he said that to me, I was in. I was definitely in. Wow. Interesting. Anna was just getting excited as you were talking about all this. Yeah, no, it was really exciting. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely uh, had recognized you from, from other projects that you'd been in. So, uh, so, so as you said, didn't seem like you were going to be just hanging out watching Kira. Um, but, but I like that you said it was not, uh, you know, it's something that's written for morons. It's, that's not what you do. <laughs> well, and I, but I, you know, to be honest though, as well, like I didn't, um, I didn't know where she was going to go. I didn't know exactly what would happen to Mrs. S. I didn't know how much of her secrets would be revealed. And I was just, I just couldn't believe it when I started reading it and read episode two. And I mean, we spoke a lot in season one about her very colorful past and that she was an activist and a radical and it was pretty clear that she had done some stuff that was well outside the law and and possibly involved some force at some point mm-hmm. but she was always kind of working with a sort of a strong moral code and kind of supporting the the underdog i suppose or supporting the less privileged but it was incredible when i started reading this and went oh wow we're actually going to we're actually going to see some of her activism or we're going to see some of her, you know, how handy she is with a gun. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was hilarious when we read it in the V2. It is, is it important to you to see Mrs. S have this strong moral code? Is that something that attracts you to her as a character? Um, well, it's, it's important for me to have something to, to hang on to as I don't, <laughs> as I don't know what's going to happen, you know, I mean, and now they're writing season three, and, and, and I mean, they had an arc, obviously, when they began writing the, the, the series of what they sort of knew would happen, but I think definitely new things have happened for them as well, as we've all integrated together, all of the actors. I mean, when you get a scene, you know, you read it and you can, you know, you can practice it away on your own, and, and you can know, you know, what you think about it or what way you're going to play it. But something different always. No acting is on your own, really. It's as a consequence of what, you know, two or more people do together, usually. And and something that somebody else does might completely change what you were thinking you would do. And you you react rather than just act as well, like like real people do. So I think the way all of us have interacted together has influenced Graham and John as well. And they're sort of thinking about more possibilities about all of our characters and the way they can be together. So it's very exciting. But I, within all that, I did need to have something to guide me. So I said to them one day, I said, look, I don't know. You know, she's obviously good and she's obviously bad. And I don't know how bad she's going to get. And I don't know what bad things she's going to do. But what I'm holding on to is that at the center of her, there is a moral compass and there is a moral code. And there is a reason for her actions. She's not just randomly bad or violent. There is a sort of a, the end justifies the means sometimes. Of course. She's a practical woman and she's a survivor. And sometimes she has to behave in a, in a way that's not, yeah, legal. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I ask you, you know, how much did uh, Siobhan know when she adopted Sarah about about her origins, uh, I feel like uh, in this episode we kind of got 
uh, a little bit of an explanation that she she knows more than say Carlton does. But does she know that now that Sarah has kind of come clean with this story, or had she figured out most of it on her own? Can you tell us that? I think that um, I think that she definitely knows more still than 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 we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when she I think that she didn't know anything really when she was asked to mind Sarah initially, but she trusted the people who asked her. She trusted Carlton in particular, and she trusted her network. And she knew that there was a there was a serious reason to protect the child, so she accepted her into her home. And then Carlton came to her again and said, "There's." There's danger again. I I need you to I need you to disappear with her because the danger is even. I mean, the fact that they had to actually sort of go to Canada and almost disappear completely meant that there was maybe also some danger even from within her radical group. It was that sensitive an issue. She had to just leave everybody and get out with Sarah and Felix. And I think that then, having left that, she knew the possibility was very strong that 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 people would come looking for them. That seems to be how her whole life was constructed as a, as a form of um, as a form of defense and a wall of protection for them. I mean, even in season one, when things are getting really kind of scary, she goes to Sarah and Felix and she says, if this gets one step closer to Kira, well, then we just burn everything down. Mm-hmm. So she's ready to move again if she has to. She's ready to take them all and skip town again and go somewhere else. So I think that she investigated herself as much as she possibly could in order to have as much information as she could about what was coming and who was coming after her so that as far as possible she could remain one step ahead of them. Sure. Will we uh, learn anything more about uh, how Felix came into her care this season? Um, I don't think so in this season, no. But... um, I mean, in season one, I think we alluded to it a little bit about... I mean, there, Mrs. S. would have cared for more children than, than Sarah or Felix. Um, you know, she was that kind of person. She she, she was sort of a safe house. Um, and if people needed protection for really good reasons, if the reasons were there, if they were obvious, she took them in. She had had lots of other children go through there, and she probably would have had more again if the situation hadn't arised where she had to leave. And I think she had to go with Sarah and Felix Felix was there at the time, and children only ended up with her if there was no one else to care for them. Right. So if she was if she was going with Sarah, he had to go too. So it was more it was more timing, and then that sort of that closer bond developed between the three of you once you were in Canada. Well, they they were raised as brother and sister, mm-hmm. so that, that bond is unavoidable. I mean, you're, of course. you're the person you're raised with in the home with the you know that's that is that's your sister, that's your brother. They looked out for each other. They did. They grew up together. They covered for each other. They made lots and lots of mistakes together. But there's very clearly a very, a very, a very strong love. Also, absolutely. This week, I thought was such a great Mrs. S episode because you had all those really fun and intense scenes with mm-hmm. Carlton. Are, are we going to be seeing more of that relationship? Like, is he going to be going along with you for the rest of the season on while you try to get answers? 
we're not going to see him. No, we're not going to see him more in this. But, but he hasn't. He hasn't gone away. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God for him because we got to see a really, really interesting scene with you and him uh, this past week. So we definitely got to see a lighter side of uh, a more flirty, flirtatious side of Mrs. S, a sexier side. I know. Who saw that coming? <laughs> well, what I love, what I love about your character too is, uh, if Sarah starts off as this trouble, you know, this grifter type girl. Who, who gets herself into a lot yeah. of trouble, and and the way she portrays you taking care of of, uh, of Kira is a lot more straight-laced, stern, stern parent. But now we get to see yeah. all these little little pieces of you. I mean, we see how mean you are with cutlery uh, with the bird watchers a couple <laughs> yeah. episodes, and we get to see you yeah. uh, you know being very very uh, adventurous in a in a hallway at a bar. <laughs> so uh, yeah, be, well, you know. She's a woman. She's got feelings. She's got needs. Mm. <laughs> she hasn't been um, she hasn't been addressing any of her own needs. I don't think for quite a long time. So that was kind of a that ignited like a, like they hadn't been apart. You know, the last time they saw each other was twenty years ago. But it's still a very passionate relationship. Um, in terms of the bird watchers and the knives and forks in episode two, I think that. Um, I think that I mean that's 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 pretty that's pretty it's pretty brutal action. Yeah. But uh I think that Mrs. S was absolutely devastated by the betrayal. Um, you know, Brenda I mean the the bird watchers were the people who had provided safe havens for her when mm. she came to Canada twenty years ago. She trusted them as much as anybody, I mean almost completely. She was absolutely devastated at the betrayal. But then the only thing to do is to deal with the situation and you know, devastating circumstances call for devastating actions. Sure. Um, I don't think that she does anything lightly. Um, so it wasn't, yeah, she wasn't half-heartedly stabbing or shooting or anything. Well, I can't help but wonder, is this something based on, on her character that she's done in the past? Because it seemed to come so easy for her. I, I don't know... Uh, you know, just the way she handled... Uh, was it Brenda was her name? The way she handled her at the very end. Yeah, I, I think that anybody that's that that's able to act so um, so decisively in such a desperate situation and um, and outside as well. I mean, you know, she she's obviously extremely um, well able to use a gun. You mm. don't you know you don't just pick up a gun and shoot it that way. Um, so she's certainly been on the wrong side of the law and possibly the other side of a firearm before. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get more action scenes like that out of Mrs. S then as the season goes on? You'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I thought that's what you might say. So tell me, I mean. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. (laughs) Well, then the answer is yes. Uh, There is more gunplay, apparently. Uh, So tell me, how is the phenomenon dealing with uh, Orphan Black out there? How is the phenomenon of Orphan Black out there? Yeah. For me, you know, I I live in Ireland, so. and Orphan Black hasn't really, it's only just beginning to make it to this side of the world at the moment. And so, you know, that, that's, that's kind of good in a way for me, to be honest. I have absolutely zero interest in being uh, famous. Um, I don't think it's a desirable uh, attribute in any way whatsoever. I just really like doing the work. And, I mean, I'm very proud of it. And I, I love that people... Um, tweet me about it and mm. and uh, that people care about it that much. I mean, to be honest with you, it, 
I don't think that we would be in this position if we didn't have such incredible fans. The fans, um, I mean, Orphan Black didn't, in season one, certainly, didn't have the massive budget of a huge new, you know, Netflix launch or whatever. But the people who loved it just wouldn't allow it to go away. So I'm very, very grateful for that. So I never, ever mind if I, you know, if I, I meet people and they want to ask me about it or something like that. I don't, you know, I think that's, I'm very grateful for them. But I think they've been, our fans have been really amazing. I would imagine with all the, uh, since Mrs. S is the key to everything, there might be a lot of conspiracy theories, too, that they would be asking you about. Oh, as far as fetch ones. They just really ask me mostly, you know, are you good or are you bad? <laughs> <laughs> just like, give me a clue, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's definitely a question that we can ask. <laughs> I know we've debated yeah, that here yeah, a lot, yeah. too. Well, I feel I feel like no matter, you know, whether, you know, uh, the vast majority of her actions are, are positive or negative, when she said that she's always been on Sarah's side back in episode, uh, in episode one of this season, uh, I, I believed her. Um, Good. Yeah, I meant it. Good. She meant it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, one, one. I think that's true. I mean, I think she does love them and 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 ultimately care for them. And I mean, part of the part of the problem with her and Sarah is is to do with the fact that actually they're incredibly alike. You know mm-hmm. that they're both very very strong and obstinate. You know, stubborn and you know make up their mind very um, spontaneously sometimes and won't be moved from it. And that's often the cases with with mothers and daughters that they. You know, butt heads like that, especially if one of them, if the girl is kind of, you know, fairly wild as a teenager. So I think that's that's half of the issue between them, which is very normal in, in a lot of families. But I, I think you can sense still, and there are trust issues, obviously. Mrs. S is very annoyed with her for going away and leaving Kira without giving anybody any warning. She feels that that was wrong, so it's taking her a while to come over from that. And Sarah obviously has issues with Mrs. S because she feels there's stuff that she knows, and she's right. But underneath all that, I think you can still sense a, a tenderness or, or a desire for the love to be and the trust to be um, to be recognized. I, I, well, I, I feel that anyway, certainly. Sure. Beautiful. And really important question. So we, we've seen so many different sides of Mrs. S. Do we get to see her sing? Oh, wouldn't that be good? Yeah, singing and singing, singing and tap dancing with their guns. Right? <laughs> I'll have to talk to them about that. Um, you won't get to see me sing on the show. I wouldn't imagine that would be part of her thing. But you can come and see me at a gig sometime. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> and are you are you planning on touring anytime soon? We're gonna come back over to the states next year and play. Yeah, we're certainly playing in New York and we're playing in Seattle. I know in October this year. And yeah, anyone can look at my website and, and, and find the date. It's just myname.com. Thank you. Wonderful. Right. And of course, they could also tweet at you with your name as well. They can, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, unless there's <laughs> I anything lo- else. I love the Twitter. That's, you how, love- that's how you guys found me, actually. Um, I think Anna uh, tweeted me, and then I, I hooked you up with the Orphan Black PR person. I love Twitter. I have to say, I find, I just find loads of really interesting art and music and. I don't know, people, honestly. I think it's a great way to say hello to people. It's a shame that uh, they don't play Earth and Black out there because I know a lot of people, like, I know uh, people like to live tweet to the shows, too. And you get to see oh, the yeah, comments that's, as that's, they're doing um, it. When I was in the States the last time, um, I was, yeah, on the same 
time zone, so that was happening. It was absolutely hilarious, I must say. It really, yeah, it really kept me entertained. I, I actually could um, barely watch the TV because I, I just wanted to look at the Twitter feed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. I trended. Mrs. S trended worldwide. <laughs> That's like, I, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was totally, totally floored. Oh, absolutely honored. I was just excited that she took something for herself. I'm like, yes, get it, girl. You deserve it. <laughs> She's been Thank through you. a lot. Well, it must be great to get instant feedback like that when you're watching a show and seeing see oh wow they loved it it is brilliant um yeah it is brilliant so now i get it like five hours later or something but um i just think it's it's great that people like it um i yeah because we're really proud of it and i i think that tatiana is an absolute genius i'm gobsmacked when i see her working and particularly in any scenes with her you know extra clones when Mm -hmm. when i'm not just with sarah when there's multiple clones, it's a, just a, it's a tour de force what she's doing. It's incredibly technically um, demanding and difficult, um, but she never loses a beat. She never loses the emotional content, and she never loses the difference between each character. It's really, it's really something to watch. I, I, I feel uh, privileged to be around it, frankly. It's amazing to watch. I think so far we've only seen you with scenes mainly with Sarah at that one scene when uh, she brought Allison along. I don't think uh... Sarah and Allison, yeah, and there there are some others, but you possibly haven't seen them yet. Ah, <laughs> nice. That's a nice little tease. Nice little tip. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. I, I know it's a little late over there in Dublin, but I really do appreciate. Uh, uh, you coming I'm just on. I'm about to go on stage in about 10 minutes, so I do have to go. But um, thank you all very much, and thanks for supporting the show. It's great. And we'll keep doing that. Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you for joining us. Brilliant. Have a great show. Take care. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She's so lovely. I know. Yeah. She's amazing. She's wonderful. <laughs> Maria Dola Kennedy. And and uh, we, we're doing this show a little bit earlier than we usually do uh, because we wanted to fit her in the schedule. I did not even know she's pretty much backstage She's about to go on right stage. Back. There are Starts. adoring fans out there think, waiting for I think I heard a little, interview. a little noise right before the end. Like a little, she opened a door and all of a sudden you hear the fans. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to go see them on tour next year. The double it's life of rad. Mrs. S. Absolutely. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, so, so cool. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, so that was Maria Doyle Kennedy, Mrs. S. By the way, before that interview, did we know that there's a third season confirmed? Uh, I believe that... I don't know if... I haven't read the announcement, but I was... I'm sure. I mean, I, I was assuming. It was a given. Yeah. But, but uh, we, should, we should check on that. Was we that an After Buzz TV it first exclusive? It might have been. I don't know. But that, I think. And the fact that she's going to be doing scenes with some more clones. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really Which cool. is exciting. This is why you tune in, guys. This yeah. is why, right here. <laughs> the After Buzz TV exclusive. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right, so this episode. Yeah, let's talk about this episode. So, <laughs> uh, as it were, by chance. Yes, yes, episode four, season two. So, yes. right before this episode, uh, Graham Manson he tweeted, uh, "I'm I'm sorry what I'm about to do to all of you, but we'll all be stronger for it." And going into the episode, I was terrified about what was happening. I was like yeah. Sarah at the end of this episode. That's mm. how I felt internally going into it. <laughs> Well, I mean, going in, I mean, we go straight into the uh, aftermath of that car accident. That whole, whole big car accident ended last week that we didn't really touch upon. Uh, and we discover that the person who crashed into Daniel and Sarah was, in fact, Cal. 
So, yeah. uh, which was very interesting, I'd say. It was the only way he could think of to stop them. Which, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously he knows the terrain very well. How did he have time to drop Kira off at another location? A safe and then, location. A safe location and then intercept the car, which was speed, which was traveling at a fairly high speed. Away from them. Away from them. <laughs> it's it's like he's got some kind of, you know, turbo car. I don't understand. Knows the shortcuts. It was yeah. probably Wonder Kid Kira, who was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Which some ag- sort of, like, pixie dust. Which, again, she knows everything that's going on around her. She's <laughs> so hyper aware. It's starting to creep me out. There right? was one point when she mentioned she knew Cosima. She said, oh, that's yeah. Cosima. And yeah. I don't remember. She's never done a scene with Cosima. I, I mean, I'm guessing maybe it was mentioned off... Off camera, or, right? Or but a there's that there's she knows, no way. But. Yeah, but that's my point. Is like there's there's no conclusive way that she knows that that's who she's talking to. I feel like uh, so she's just very very aware. She's picking up things yeah. that maybe she shouldn't necessarily. It's not even that she knows. It's the way she handles herself when she. Oh, that's Cosima. Yeah. yeah, she's just like, like matter of factly, like uh, I, I know everything. Well, I mean, you you go back to Project Lita, which I mean, of course, we're going to get into a lot uh, in a bit. But, you know, it's it's the mixture of a god and a human. And I'm wondering just what other gifts beyond healing mm. Kira might have. And she is what everyone's really interested in. Like, the Prolethean's clearly more interested in Kira or the idea of another child coming from these clones than the actual clones themselves. Right. Um, it's interesting because you talk about how Kira kind of... Uh, she kind of has a sixth sense about people and things. So I wanted to actually ask you, because she seems on board with Cal. Are we all on board with Cal? Like, do we trust Cal? I trust Cal. See, here's why I'm a little, okay. here's why I'm a little not sure. Because, and I know it's all just in the production of the episode, there was a moment where he's he keeps asking questions. He needs to know the corporation. And the second she tells him the Dyad Institute, and it cuts to his face, there was kind of a dark music cue. Well, yeah. yeah. And he clearly knows more than he's letting on. That That's what I By felt. that music cue. By that music cue. <laughs> so... Uh, again, I don't... I mean, how much can we trust him? Well, and he said something like, oh, you must have really got under their skin. She's like, yeah. they kind of got under mine first. And we're I like, like oh, line. clone joke. Yeah, <laughs> clone joke, totally. Yeah. Um, so I, here's here's my take. He either A, used to work for them at a point, or B, they're, uh, they're responsible for taking his, uh, his B repopulation technology and turning it into a weapon. Or they're involved in some way. He definitely knows a lot about them. He's, he's intimately uh, acquainted with 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 Dyad, he knows what they're capable of, um, and he also knows that they wouldn't go through this kind of a hassle unless it was something really important. So it, maybe he worked for them at some time. I don't think, however, that he's on their side. Okay, okay. Like I said, I'm I'm the one who he seems so good to be true, too good to be true, and I'm the one I trust, Mrs. S. I'm trusting everybody else. So I figured there's somebody I have to not. Well, ultimately, trust. I think that the interesting thing about him is he was a scientist, or at least an yeah. inventor. Who is now away, you know, living out in the countryside. So I think this whole, there's still this whole like science versus religion type of aspect and, and how science, scientists or people into science want to use these clones or, or want to analyze these clones. So I think there's, that's why Cal still to me feels a little iffy mm. because we don't know his true intentions. Yes, he, he's governed by love. He loved Sarah, but now he's learning all this other stuff about her too. And it makes me wonder if he's going to start looking at her differently. 
I'm wondering, this is now having me think, what if he, along the way, as, as a scientist in the know, heard that Dyad, like, there's a rumor that Dyad was working on human cloning, and that was, like, a thing that they did, but no one could prove it. You know, that, and that's very likely. And he never suspected that the woman that he was involved with was one of those clones, perhaps until now. That's another potential way that this could go. Hmm. Um, but you know, I, I feel like his his love for Sarah is genuine. I feel like he is begre- he's readily accepting his uh, his uh, needs or his responsibilities as a parent. Uh, hoping that it will just be for a short time and maybe realizing that it may last a lot longer. Because <laughs> um, uh, Mama didn't come home. <laughs> oh, snap. And, yeah. and she's left them before. Yeah. That's true. She's and abandoned also, them before. Another suspicious thing he has access to a camper that is not registered in his name. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot. That's what I'm saying. That's why I can't totally get yeah. behind Cal. There's a lot I guess going on. Super handsome, woodsy, brilliant scientists with a boatload of money don't mm. normally exist, maybe? We also know that anybody who used to be like a religious or scientific extremist somehow ends up in the woods. Yeah. So just his location makes him suspect. That's true. Well, just like Mrs. S, there's a lot more to him that we'll probably be seeing. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see some some other sides of him as well, which would be very very interesting. But again, just just using that truck to ram, mm. <laughs> practically kill. Well, he, he thought he they thought they killed Daniel at the time, and we were just I was just like shoot him. Be sure. Shoot. Yeah. Just plug him with two. Haven't yeah. we learned anything? Just shoot people in the head when I, they're down. I kind of felt that would have been just a very ordinary death for Daniel. I knew he, he had to be coming back in some yeah. kind of capacity. Yeah. So uh, really, really good way to start it off. Wait I'll a second. That. Do we know Cal's last name? Um, um, I don't think we do. Right on top of that, Rose. I'm just going to throw this out there. Check on IMDb. Cal Duncan. Yeah. Cal what? Cal Duncan. Duncan. What if he's well, the no, natural no. born child oh, of the my Duncan? God. Sarah would I've, know that though. I don't Sarah know. would know that. I guess so. Considering considering the Duncan, yeah, considering she came up with the Duncan. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's uh that's a little past yeah. on that. But uh let's continue talking about Sarah a bit because obviously she uh she's wants to go back. She wants to go back and try and uncover everything and try and figure things out. Yeah. So she ends up going back. She ends up getting Daniel's phone and texting her as Rachel, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. And what's that? Morrison. Cal Morrison. Cal Morrison. I knew there was a last name, but it was Morrison. Got yeah. it. Uh, maybe he's related to Jim Morrison. He's got that rock star <laughs> look. Uh, a fan sent me an amazing picture of, um, of a, of a magazine cover for uh for cold bitch digest oh i saw um, that. Um, uh what's the perfect room temperature rachel duncan weighs in oh my god um, that's awesome and I'll, I'll retweet it because it's it's the that's best a- uh but the, i thought that that whole sequence was really funny and really smart a great way for her to access the apartment find out which one it is mm. you know felix sadly did not get to chat up uh pretty boy troy yeah um and uh, there wasn't a ton of time to go through all of her stuff. And when I saw all the men's clothes hanging in the in the closet, was I the only person who was like, "Paul's already"? Made I thought it, it was I Paul. It was Paul's I stuff too. Totally yeah. thought it was Paul. Didn't think it was Daniel. Yeah, really big surprise. So, uh, but Colbit, one of my favorite lines, Colbit Digest. I love mm-hmm. that. And uh, and we should note that right before that, she broke into Mrs. S's house and found out about the Duncans mm-hmm. that they were uh, they were the people in the picture in Project Lita. That it wasn't Mrs. S, which I think a lot of us kind of some people thought, thought it was like a right. younger Mrs. S. A younger Mrs. S, but it was actually uh, two Duncans, two Duncans, 
I can't remember the names right now. But uh, but anyway, um, so Susan and Ethan Duncan, as in Rachel Duncan. So yes. that's how we found out that Rachel was the adopted daughter of of those two, most likely adopted and daughter. And that Sarah was to be their daughter until Amelia secreted her away. Yeah. That was, that was confirmed in this episode. So originally, that also might explain part of why Rachel is kind of obsessed with Sarah and has such a mad on for her. You know, she got she got raised by the parents. She got all the love. She was the one who wound up being chosen, and yet she still can't have kids. Um, and I think that all of that deeply, deeply bothers her. And it also bothers her that Sarah was the one that they wanted, but they couldn't get. And another dynamic to, to Rachel, we discovered, is that her parents were killed in some lab exposure. So clearly yeah. that's what's turned her into the the cover story on Cold Bitch uh, Digest. Digest. <laughs> right, because she wasn't, you know, Cosima makes this grand, you know, hypothesis of, of how she was raised, which I think is very in line with what we were thinking here on the show. But we see all these tapes that reveal that her parents were very loving and treated her, you know, very much like a normal child. Mm. So Rachel probably has this whole vengeance angle against, who knows, the Prolethians, whoever might have done this. Mm-hmm. That I'm sure we're going to get to see more and more of. Yeah, I mean, could the bird watchers have had a hand in the uh, in the lab explosion? I think the bird watchers just were greedy. I think that's their only involvement well, is that they just got greedy. And towards the end, to they towards the end, they got greedy. We're talking about 1991. Yeah, that's when they were true believers. Mm. You know, but mm. we don't know necessarily what their agenda was. They say, you know, that it was mostly about it was about re- the revolution. The, you know, I feel like they had, probably had some ties to the IRA. Mm. Uh, they were trying to feed people, get people weapons so that they could protect themselves. They were radicals. They were revolutionaries. But we don't know necessarily that they had an anti-science agenda or an anti-cloning agenda yeah um so it could be prolethians or it, it could be uh some aspect of the bird watchers that we weren't previously aware of and apparently well carlton had something to do either either he had something to do with the explosion or at least he knew well we thought he knew something i mean yeah. based on this episode just because of the newspaper clippings behind uh you know that, that uh, sarah found at mrs hess's place yeah well, she knew him already because he brought her to mrs well Hess. she knew carlton already because of that but right. i'm saying as far as the explosion that killed the two scientists over project Lita, ethan and, and uh and susan um yeah. duncan mrs s at the very least connected that to him that's why she uh loaded those stories behind his photo okay um yeah so is he connected to the is he connected to the lab explosion? I think whoever he was working for uh, may very well be that connection. Just because he's a human smuggler, he's somehow connected to this, or is he connected on a deeper level? Well, how does one get into the human smuggling? And look, he was smuggling. How did he tap this market? Yeah. You know. I'll tell you how you get into human smuggling. Well, that's a, that's we'll do a whole after buzz on human <laughs> yeah. smuggling. Well, if you saw, like, just just <laughs> to bring, an conversation. Yeah. just to just to throw some Game of Thrones from this weekend in there. There was a line about Davos being a pirate, and he's like, "I'm not a pirate. I'm a smuggler. I'm not the thief. I'm the guy who delivers uh, things yeah. to point A to point B. So don't judge me like a pirate." Uh, so maybe it's the same thing with uh, with Carlton over here. He's just he's just a guy that transports goods, mm-hmm. and he's not behind anything else. So, well, but. But he's a human smuggler. Human smuggler. Yeah. yeah. So, like, well, the goods being human. Thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Transporting people. Uh, but it, just so we're all clear. But it seems he's transporting them away from very dangerous situations. You know, it, it, it is at least on some level altruistic. The Carlton pipeline. Yeah. You know. Um, so we, we can't necessarily be sure what his connection is to that explosion. But I feel like if Mrs. S is tracking this stuff. I feel like she probably has some tie to it. 
That's that's just that's my take personally. Mm. Um, yeah, and she also got to uh, bond with Felix and try to make amends for uh, what happened, you know, in the woods. Yeah. He's still <laughs> pissed at her. She hasn't really done much in the way of apologizing, uh, but he's been squatting in Mrs. S's place instead of being at his house. I, I'm not entirely sure why. Well, he was he was all in black too, so it looked like he was being a little burglary himself. Hmm. Which was really funny. He's calling her out and being a bad burglar, yeah. and yet he's all dressed in black. And then, and yet they have Helena in the basement paying attention to yeah, all of us, who's the really good burglar, apparently the really yeah. good sneaker upper. Yeah. Now the Helena <laughs> stuff this week was fantastic. All the stuff the escape from the Prolethean uh, farm, finding mm-hmm. out what they did to her while, after her strange wedding. Which okay, they I didn't realize at the time they were marrying her to Henrik. Oh, yeah. uh, last week. Oh, you didn't so, realize? No, I thought she was being ba- baptized or brought Just into part the family. Of the family. Oh, right. no. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's taking multiple wives, he's extracting eggs, and, and, and you know, I- injecting them with his own with his own genetic material. And in a series of horrific scenes, this sequence, her flashbacks yeah. of what they did to her, the gynecological oh, experiments so they were doing on her. Yeah. Drippy lube It was creepy, but considering the way last week ended with him carrying her over to Threshold, I was thinking <laughs> much different. You're saying we got thought. off easy on I, I feel like in a weird way we got off easy on, on the clinical yeah. stuff. Yeah. But even every- He prefers a virgin birth. <laughs> oh. But uh, her escape from there was phenomenal. The scene with yeah. her and the Gracie. little psycho Gracie there yeah. trying to smother her. And then just the look exchanged between her and Art when yeah. she was running off. Magical? The... Mm. Yeah. That was <laughs> so magical. Hey, funny. Hey. Hey. Because yeah. <laughs> he was totally, because he's just like, you know, landscape. He's like, you know, and well, then she's just right there. She's yeah. like on top of him. Yeah. Really startled him. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, thank you. Um, I was like, man, I can't believe nobody got that. Um, But uh, and yeah, just the exchange, and then Art saves the day. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the fact that he just stalled them enough just to get Elena some extra uh, yards to get out of there. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and I feel like that is really um, from his dedication to Sarah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Beth, one of them. It's, he's he's, he's invested at this point. He's, invested, he's, yeah. he's <laughs> definitely invested, but I'm surprised that he, uh, in a way, he let her go because she might have a lot of answers that he's also still trying to find out. But I guess he figured the greater good would be to let her go in this yeah. case. Right. Well, she just came running at him with a knife in her hand. I mean, right. he easily could have just stopped her with her weapon. He could have done the same thing with her. Mm. But he was just like, whoa. And they well, just, she was just well, no, she would have just attacked him. She is yeah. a right, but I'm, I'm just saying in theory. Yeah. We know how that would have ended, <laughs> right? But he, in theory, he could have just been like, "Whoa, ma'am, hi, police officer, yeah. what are you doing? Mm. You look crazy. You're running through a field with a wedding dress. You're bloody, and you have a knife in your hand. So, so like, what's uh, yeah." What's going I think on? He knows that she's a victim in all this. Sure, yeah. Um, and she, she's yeah. really, honestly, if you look at this series, as a, she's the greatest victim of any of these clones. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah. Well, especially after what she went through uh, in that farmhouse. Yeah, absolutely. But very victim-y. She's a victim, <laughs> but clearly she can. Uh, she can easily vict- I mean, that ending of this episode was terrifying. Right. When she was, when Sarah tied up there and Helena coming as sister. That fear, that yeah. fear Sestra. in her eyes, cause she thought that she was dead this yeah. whole time. Yeah. Sarah thought she's been dead and all of a sudden to see, not only that, but it's to see that really awesome scene where Daniel had her tied up and it's like, here's some music in the background. It's like, 
hey, I'll be right back. Yeah. And he goes over to, to see what's going on, and it's all off camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All this stuff getting thrown around, and Daniel just dying, yeah. like popping in and dying. You I know exactly what's tonight. happening, but it's, it's like, yeah. like when she, it still doesn't prepare you when she steps oh. out covered in blood. But it's out of a horror movie. Yeah. It really, yeah. whole, that whole bit is just completely out of a horror movie. But that, it's another time when I thought it's Paul. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, I didn't think that oh, at I all. Oh, yeah, I, I totally thought it was Paul. To be honest, I and knew I knew from the moment, even before the scene started, when they showed Cal and uh, Kira, and Kira's like, "I'm not worried about my mom. She has a guardian angel." Yeah. And then they showed the origami, but I knew they, I knew in a way she was talking about Helena. Oh, yeah. I thought she said she is an angel. No, no. and then she see, one. then she I probably has would have a guardian seen. angel. Oh, also, because she was tied up like she yeah. was. Had and wings and she was off the ground. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a, that's her vision's that's, a little off. But uh, no, it was Guardian also, Angel. <laughs> Paul would kill someone much more efficiently. Like that was like some like animalistic craziness. Yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah. Or Cal was my other thought that like right. because she said that and it kind of freaked him out that he said that. I don't know. So, but I did not think it was Helena, is my point. And oh, so okay. it was, Can we talk for a yes. second about nature versus nurture? Just because we were okay. talking about how Helena may be the biggest mm. victim of, of all in this, in this whole study. She was raised by, you know, Tomas, who was crazy and treated her like garbage and, you know, made her think, you know, that she was some kind of demigod who had to wreak vengeance on all these other clones. You know, these are all people with the exact same genetic material who are all radically different because of how they were raised. And I think in in this episode, we really got to see why maybe Sarah is the way that she is being raised by Mrs. S, who is maybe a little more liberated than we we previously realized, you know, and that, you know, that stubbornness and that wild streak may not necessarily be something that comes naturally or, or is from the feeling of being abandoned, but is also from the environment in which she was raised. Um, I don't know. It's just an interesting thought to me, and it kind of makes me wonder about Allison's parents a little bit and, like, how did they cope? Because I'm wondering, the, the, the alcoholism and the pill abuse doesn't just come from you know, being in a in an unfulfilling marriage in the suburbs. Like it comes from somewhere. You learn you learn how to self medicate. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you even say that because, uh, you know, we should see Allison's parents. What happened to Allison's parents? Yeah, we don't know a lot about her. And Cosima in the last episode, I mean, it was a lie when she answered the phone, but she said to Delphine, oh, it's my mom. Mm-hmm. So I-, I hope we do get a little more insight into how the two yeah. of them were raised or even get to meet their parents. Because I do find point. it interesting that Sarah's the only one who's thinking, okay, let me go back to my mom, to my adopted mom or my foster mom to find out some more answers. But none of the other clones have ever brought up their their parents, their adopted parents, for yeah. some reason. So I find that really—it's interesting. I mean, it especially may- with the monitors, the fact that they're so concerned about someone like Allison, who's so concerned about monitors, hasn't even brought up her family. I think that the idea might be too much for her, and that she would just crack if she thought yeah. that her parents were in on it too. Yeah, I, I would imagine that would yeah that would be the final straw. Well, it, I think it's entirely possible that as part of a double-blind study, the parents were not aware that uh, you know. Uh, whatever genetic material that was supposed to be artificially they were supposed to be inseminated with was replaced by this clone egg. I think that that could entirely be a possibility Hmm. that a lot, that the parents of the vast majority of these clones were entirely in the dark. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's entirely possible. I'm, I still wonder though, she doesn't even, like, for someone like Allison who is medicating herself heavily, Mm -hmm. um, 
that she doesn't seem to have enough, uh, any other support group other than Donnie or have, Felix. Really, have we ever even heard her mention her parents? Like, no. as far as we know, her parents are dead. No, I mean, right. we don't know anything about them. So there could be a very good reason why she's well, not barely even to. seen her kids in the past two seasons. So right. I mean, yeah. since the season Which one, I thought uh, since we're talking about her, I thought that was a great play that Donnie has with uh, the lawyer says I could keep you away from the kids if you don't put this thing stay in rehab because what I love about that is that's perfectly reasonable that is a perfectly reasonable thing and the only reason it seems unreasonable to anyone watching is because we know he's the monitor so I thought that was a great little moment for Donnie in the episode well, I think there's a lot there because I mean she's in rehab. She, I, I like. I actually thought she was also a dyad too, but she's in rehab. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had to give her own consent because I know there was a lot of talk last week. We were talking about how monitors can't make choices for them, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So this was their way of saying, okay, Allison agreed to it. So Allison's in rehab, and this is Donnie's play to keep her in there by by threatening to take the kids uh, because it still is her choice, but she just has to pay some consequences for it, right? Uh. I honestly, I thought she was going to come out with it and accuse him of being the monitor and let him know that she knew right there in the room. I, I Maybe I'm alone in that, but when he made that threat, I thought she was going to come out and tell him the truth that she knows. I think she's in too vulnerable a position right now, and she knows it to call anybody out on anything mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Does this, does Donnie threatening her, taking the kids and everything, is that indicative of him really caring about her and really loving her and wanting the best for her or is it just him going along with a decision she's already made well that's that's why i say i feel like if this were a normal marriage and not a monitor marriage that asking his pill-popping wife to stay in rehab till she gets cleaned up and threatening her a little bit to make sure she stays isn't that unreasonable so i think it could just be out of uh uh regular marriage. Right. I think, yeah, I can agree with that. And also, Felix is, uh, you know, also recognizes that it's something that she maybe needs to, you know, Felix is also on drugs all the time. I mean, he even right. said in the, in the, in rehab, he's like, so this is what the world looks like sober. Right. Uh, <laughs> he also said, we'll celebrate with brunch and mimosas. mimosas. Just brunch. Well, just brunch. Let's just do brunch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that her demanding to see Dr. Leakey, it, it is that going to play in later? I feel like that's going to factor in later. Hmm. For sure. Do you think that they're going to have a face-to-face before the season's out? Well, I think that... I mean, maybe, but I think just being in rehab and demanding repeatedly to see Dr. Leakey... Mm-hmm. Who's this well, famous geneticist? She's done this before, too. It seems like her go-to whenever... Court, I demand to see Dr. Leakey. But it's kind of like she's a suburban, that, yeah. entitled mom who's like, I want to see a manager. <laughs> you know, they're not happy with the slightest thing. I want to see the boss. Sure, but when you, when you throw out this name repeatedly, and especially in an institute where there are other doctors who do know this name, I, I just feel like this is going to be an issue, mm-hmm. and it's going to come up. And maybe Donnie's overheard it. Hey, guess what? Dr. Leakey, Allison's asking for you by name, so... <laughs> well, I mean, she signed this contract. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Leakey is aware that she is self-aware. And then also her, her orderly uh, asked her, is that the name of your dealer? So even, even <laughs> though he is famous in scientific circles... Uh, the name maybe not hasn't trickled down circles. to the general consciousness. Not in rehab circles. I mean, I can't name any famous geneticists off the top of my well, head. Well, the orderly yeah. didn't, but I mean, there might be a doctor in the building who will. That's a fair point. Um, you know, speaking of, of monitors, I thought another interesting thing that we saw that uh, Daniel, Rachel's monitor, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually w- was thinking about this. Yeah. Does Ra- Rachel even know 
she's being mocked? Because he's on the phone with Leaky. Is he reporting to Leaky? Like, does Rachel think she's so high up that she's above being monitored? I think so. And... When Rachel finds out about this, I assume if she finds out, she's not going to be too happy about this. No. So the question now, I think, is does Leaky uh, employ Paul as her new monitor? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have a feeling that's going to possibly happen. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I, I think what was interesting about that whole interaction with uh, when we found out, it was was Sarah's assumption, but Daniel definitely reacted to it. And, of course, seeing Daniel coming in without his phone, but taking Mm -hmm. another phone, and the first person he calls is Leaky. Right. Even before he calls Rachel, this is someone who hasn't had contact with since the car accident, and he calls Leaky first to to give his report on not uh, on losing Sarah. Yeah. Can we also just for a second say Rachel and Daniel together? Ew. Yeah, that's a creepy couple. Like, I mean, he's just he's so intense. He's like the worst kind of like tidy whitey guy who's just like creepy and dark. And, like, not, like, cool intense, but, like, toady intense. And he follows her around and he says that he works for her and he kills people people for her. And then, you know, they, they you know, have sex before bed. That just, it, it as a couple, it doesn't make sense But you know to what? Me. If you think about it, she's so cutthroat. She, Rachel seems very cutthroat. And yeah. Daniel does seem like the per- I mean, okay. it's not a couple I would want to see uh, in bed or anything. Right. But I mean, uh. but but based on I mean, based on Kasima's uh, analysis of Rachel, even saying you know perfect corporate leader because she just no emotion involved, just strategic moves. And Daniel seems to be that that tool that she can use uh, <laughs> in more than one way. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very efficient sex. It's just very cold efficient. We are sex. managing needs, and we are going to sleep for the required <laughs> amount of hours. To- Destroy the world. And considering how clinical this whole thing is, it's very possible in that sense that Daniel could be a monitor because he he would you know be able to yeah. notice things about her. <laughs> boy, oh boy! I, I, <laughs> I guess I guess Rachel is more of a maybe more of a puppet in all this than she realizes is what to me the interesting thing about that moment. Was. I think that's that's the key takeaway from this episode is like if. She isn't this, you know, raised, uh, self-aware, purely cold-hearted, you know, strategic, you know, corporate leader. Then who is she really? And that's, to me, is going to be one of the most interesting things to discover over the course of the season is her emotional core and who she really is, how she really feels about things. Um, And it seems like based on the scenes from next time, we may learn that through her relationship with Paul. Yeah, it looks like things are, uh, it looks like that's part of the job description. Things are uh, heating up. uh, It it seems like if you're Rachel's second in command, you have to sleep with her. That's what it seems like. I mean, she has the control. Well, speaking of Paul, uh, we learned a little bit about Project Lita and like the meaning behind it. Um, And... So just speculate. Well, first, Project Lita. There's some Greek mythology. Well, yeah, the, swan, the Lita and the swan. Yes, that mm-hmm. I guess Zeus, Zeus had sex with a swan. No, no, Zeus, no. Zeus, was <laughs> a swan. Zeus came down to Earth in the As guise a of a swan. As a swan. Lita banged a swan. No, okay. Well, Lita banged Zeus. No, as a swan? As a yeah. swan. No, but he no, came yeah, down she, as a swan. No, he came down as a swan, and then as a swan was able to seduce a human woman, which is crazy. Okay, so they're like half 
half god, half human, or half no, god, so the, half swan? No, twins. half god, half human. No swan involved whatsoever. <laughs> because half it god, half human. Yes. Swan. Yes. Okay. It was Zeus. The it creation none of, of this is real. It's, it's, a, <laughs> this is all mythology. This is history. It's people. a myth involving the creation of the first demigod birthed by Zeus. Perfect. Okay, so there's that. But the part that I wanted to get to is the fact that they said, um, hey, what is that? Is that... Uh, a military person in the background, and the fact that it's called Project Lita is military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this how Paul factors in? Oh, do do we have Project Lita going on in Afghanistan? Did Paul mess up something in Project Lita? Well, it maybe definitely speaks to Diehead's influence and relationship with the military, and how they sure. would be able to get access to him and and hold that over. Well, him. what it also could, if you just look at it at, at its basics, that photo was that couple, mm-hmm. and, and it was a military guard behind her. So maybe yeah. they're even doing this project under some form of duress. Maybe they're doing this project under, you know, a military or government control, and it mm-hmm. might not be something necessarily that they agree with 100%, because what other reason would you have some guy in a lab with a gun? To right. Pro- yeah. to what other reason? Them. To protect them or to keep them there? They clearly didn't do a good job right, if there was a lab explosion. <laughs> Maybe. Six people died in yeah. what, if, what if, throwing this out there, they caused the explosion themselves because they didn't want the experiment to continue? If they were there under duress, they would rather die than see, uh, you know something terrible happened. I mean, granted, it's after the clones have already been been born and are starting to be raised, uh, so I don't know how well that tracks, but it's something to keep in the back yeah. of our heads. And just to throw this out there, and this is a com- completely going on to skinny branches, I, I don't even know if this would be true. What I if they were the phrase. ones? What if they were the ones who pretty much gave Sarah and Helena to Carlton? Mm, I like that. they were the ones behind that? And that could also lead to more of this uh, Rachel-Sarah obsession. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, wait, <laughs> I don't think that, that, that tracks because uh, Amelia is the one who originally oh, hit Well, who gave, well, I'm sorry, you're right. So, who gave, uh, well, who clued in Carlton to Amelia? I don't know. What if they were behind Sarah and Helena getting away? Well, with Amelia? there's something more because in this episode, Mrs. S said that she doesn't want to, she said if Sarah digs any deeper, it's going to open up a whole mm. world of, of shite. So. Uh, so we don't a world of shite, as Felix would say. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we. But they, Mrs. S, doesn't want that for Sarah. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, as many conspiracies are already going on. There's a much bigger one mm-hmm. to be it, revealed. That they're so. all trying to get down to the bottom of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it was a great, another great episode. Uh, you know, we, we jumped all over the place on this one, uh, but uh, I, I definitely love the ending. That whole big creepy hug. Between Helena oh, and so Sarah, yeah. so uh, definitely, uh, I, I could, cannot believe how creepy that hug was. I think Helena still had her knife on her while she was hugging Sarah, yeah. all yeah. tied still up, dangling from her hand. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then of course the the big re- uh, revelation is that Hendrik uh, Hendrik has the um, has an embryo that's uh, that's split into two. So apparently there's new life that's being born. Yeah, as a result of his experiment with Helena, new creepy life, new creepy life. <laughs> so definitely. Definitely, uh, it would have not seen the last of Hendrik and his guru and, and Gracie, who who doesn't like to talk to clones unless she refers to them as it's. Gross. Uh, I, I love, by the way, I just got to say, I love Gracie. She's making noises and speaking in gibberish. It's Ukrainian. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gracie's got to get out in the world more. Gracie's got to leave that Prolethean farm. And yeah, leave that farm herself. and everything. She probably thinks if she leaves a farm, she's going to hell. Uh, yeah, probably. So uh, let's move forward. Do we have any? Uh, do we have any news and gossip? Because if we don't, then we'll just we don't. I, I mean. Not necessarily. I mean, we have the big scoop that apparently there definitely is a season three. From yes, Red that's Dark. our new <laughs> gossip. Yes. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm just, I, I just want to say I've noticed there've been a lot of great uh, uh, think pieces on Orphan Black lately out there. Uh, I read this great piece on Jezebel about the feminine because this is the most feminist show probably mm. out there in the way it deals with. Uh, Oh, you don't you disagree? No, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I just don't know if that's quantifiable. I would say that it is probably the most mainstream high fi uh, sci-fi show with a strong female influence mm. and strong female leads. I feel it deals with a lot of different angles to to womanhood, I guess. Also, it uh it, it one point I liked in the article was how it talks about it's maybe the only show out there that not only destroys the Bechdel test, but it uh, almost doesn't work in reverse. You almost don't have right. any scenes with men talking about anything other than a woman. That's true. I love that. And uh, also, there was a great piece on uh, Gold Derby this week about, you know, pushing Tatiana Maslany for the Emmy. And I remember last year there was the big hashtag, Emmy for Ms. Maslany. And uh, I guess it's never too star uh, too, too early to start. start that up because yeah. she deserves one as They're far as right I'm concerned. right around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Before you know it, it's going to be right there. Hashtag Emmy for Maslany. I'm looking forward to seeing, I mean, the, the thing that's going to showcase her acting skills, I think, are all those scenes with the multiple clones. And we yeah. haven't seen, with the exception of that last scene uh, in this episode, we haven't seen much of that. But I'm Looking forward to seeing more. The uh, shot where she hugs, where 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 she hugs herself, was so well composited. And I'm like, it's it's a shaky cam too. So I'm like, it, they're doing this yeah. uh, this techno crane business where yeah. they're computer controlling what looks like a handheld shot. That's amazing. And here's a little plug. Because if you want to know about how these clone scenes get shot together and how you can get two clones like that, we actually have a special guest that uh, Anna reached out to. Uh, it's Tatiana's double. So we're actually going to talk to her next week on our show. So that's going to be really, really exciting. So maybe we get a little bit of scoop exactly on, on the process on how it gets done. And leaving, uh, you know, leaving for that, let's go move on to predictions. Okay, I know there's got to be a lot of predictions based on everything that we learned this week. Yeah. So who who's got something? Uh, I mean, we saw we saw in the in the preview that Rachel and Paul totally bang, um, <laughs> and I couldn't be more excited for this plot line because I I, I really want to get under her skin and figure out what's going on with her. So I, I personally, I'm just going to throw it down right now. She is she is not evil like everyone else in this universe. She is incredibly complex. Uh, and I think that she has a lot of deep pain that she's holding back. Um, I want to learn more about that. I feel like I've thrown out a lot of predictions this episode, so I'm not going to take up a ton of time. Um, I think that Allison stays in rehab and learn, either learns something horrible or finally reveals to Donnie that she knows. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, also, we kind of already see in the coming attraction, Helena is there talking to Art. It looks like it looks like they've brought Helena to him. Uh, I, I've said before, I really feel this is going to be the the big redemption of Helena this season. And uh, I'm just excited to see them trying to reason with her next episode, trying to make Helena kind of understand. Uh, also, we didn't 
talk about Kasima, but I really feel like maybe even starting with the next episode, there's going to be a fast deterioration. I think this clone berculosis, as I like to call it, is going to move fast on her. Mm. And I think before too long, we're going to see a much paler, weaker uh, Kasima, which is unfortunate for her transgressive lesbian geek spiral that she's in, yes. as Felix says. That's a great, great line. They're yeah. playing at the Troubadour tonight, by the way. Transgressive lesbian. lesbian <laughs> I love right. that. Nice. Anna? Uh, well, I just think that, you know, Helena Corpse Bride is going to be, like, the number one Halloween costume this year. Uh, oh, at least at Comic-Con. I could definitely see a lot oh, of brides yeah. at Comic-Con. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, uh-huh. it's crazy. Bloody yeah. Cosima Bride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, besides that, I just, I see Art getting, like, super involved in this now. Like, it's really time to bring him in and, and, uh, let him play, like, a much more integral part in this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, and that's all I, I think I just threw stuff out as we were talking. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, I think based on the revelation that, uh, Leaky may be in charge and not Rachel... That, that, you know, she had a monitor reporting the leaky. I have a feeling that eventually, not next week or anything, we're definitely going to see Rachel and Sarah working together because I think Rachel's going to realize she's not the top of the food chain. She's not the elitist she thinks she is. And, uh, I also think that, uh, it's great to see Art working with Helena and, uh, and Sarah according to those things, but I think somehow, uh, Angela DeAngelis is going to mess that whole thing up. Yeah, yeah. I totally think that. Uh, before we go, I just forgot to mention, please, if you're tuning on iTunes, please uh, rate us, uh, give us five stars. We'd love to do that, and uh, please comment and subscribe. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that I can show. We can show to publicists, and we can get guests like Maria Doyle Kennedy uh, and other people too. Yeah, and for next week, um, Catherine Alexander is joining us. Yes. Plays Tatiana's double. Um, so please, throughout the week, be tweeting us questions for her. I'm sure there's a ton with a show like this. It's just crazy what they do. So yeah, yeah and we hopefully have a couple extra guests uh, this season. So uh, till then, where can we find you, Anna? You can. Find Follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. And Will? Uh, at The Real Will Link. I also have a podcast called Will Sean Podcast on the Westcast Network. Beautiful. Right. Mr. Lieberman? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt, uh, Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find my videos for SourceFed on YouTube, uh, other AfterBuzz TV shows, Mad Men, Marin, Playing House. Got a bunch of stuff coming back. Uh, in June, Defiance is coming back with, yeah. with Nando and we'll I, doing Defiance. Uh, among other things, so stay tuned for that. And you can find me on Twitter at NandoVel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L, and again, here on AfterBuzz uh, with Matt on Defiance 24, uh, Hannibal, a uh, bunch of other stuff. But uh, but next week at about 6 o'clock Pacific, unless we have to move it for a celebrity guest, uh, you can find us here at Orphan Black, so please tune in then. Thank you. Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 